flourish and Rob McGregor welcome you to a place where all kinds of phenomena flourish. Voices whisper, ancient secrets, signs and symbols are abundant. UFOs, ETs, ghosts, and even the dead move about freely. Here we meet authors, researchers, and investigators of the mysterious, the strange, and of the inexplicable anomalies that surround us. Step out of the everyday world and take a journey into the mystical underground. Welcome to the Mystical Underground. Thank you for joining us. This is John Posey with... With Rich McGregor. And... Uh, McGregor. And Nigel. And don't forget <laughs> Nigel. The, the <laughs> Mystical Underground is a place where the weird and wonderful flourish, where we explore ideas that are contrary to mainstream materialistic science, and the mundane everyday world takes a back seat. You can go to Trish and Rob's website, phenomena111.com, to find out about their nonfiction books, including the most <clears> recent one, Phenomena, Harnessing Your Psychic Abilities. And you can visit blog.synchrosecrets.com, where they make regular posts. Today, we were planning to, to do something a little different, but as seems to be the case in the mystical underground, synchronicity stepped in, and while it didn't really change our plans, it certainly enhanced them. About a month ago, we, re we received a comment on an episode of our podcast on SoundCloud from another user, Freaky Attractions. I was monitoring the SoundCloud page for feedback and followed up on the comment. Initially from the name, and no offense, Tony, uh, <laughs> I was concerned that it was from an account I would typically block, but after clicking through <laughs> and checking out the user, I found out that Freaky Attractions was posting creepypasta. And after listening to an episode, instead of blocking the account, I immediately followed it. <laughs> we will get into what creepypasta is later, uh, but at the time, I was at least aware of the meme genre, and after further investigation, I found that Freaky Attractions had a YouTube page as well. I was intrigued that the creator was not only producing original creepypasta, but they were also serializing the meme. Plus, they were syncing the stories to, in my opinion, David Lynch-style videos, um, <laughs> Just a couple of days before all this, I canceled a trip to Seattle for Emerald City Comic Con due to it getting canceled over concern about COVID-19. So I decided to divert my trip to Orlando, which is much closer to home, and at the time, supposedly COVID-19 free for a quick trip to Disney World. So to add to the intrigue, the first video I pulled up on Freaky Attractions YouTube page was a creepy Disney story set at Disney World. <laughs> I've been working with Trish and Rob long enough to recognize a synchronicity when I see it, so I immediately reached out to the creator and texted Trish and Rob to fill them in on it, and my intention to pursue the creator as a guest on the podcast. Upon returning from my trip to Disney World, I reached out to the creator again and received a response. This is where the second synchronicity kicks in. <laughs> Okay, anyone who knows uh, Rob and me very well knows we talk about synchronicity a lot. We have multiple books on the subject and a blog. I guess because we do that, we seem to attract synchronicities into our lives, <laughs> a lot of them. <laughs> this one would never have occurred if John hadn't been taking a trip to Disney World just before the theme park was shut down. And synchronistically, uh, Freaky was writing these weird theme park stories. So the synchronicity is that Trish started looking more into Freaky and found his name. She said, hey, it uh, was Tony Coase, 
And she said, that's kind of strange because that was the same name as one of our daughter's former roommates in Orlando. <laughs> uh, we mentioned to John that Tony, the Tony we know used to live in LA and wrote scripts. And John said, well, that's in Freaky's profile too. So that did it. We realized that we'd, be, we'd been talking to Tony, uh, who apparently uh, thought we knew who he was from the get-go. <laughs> Tony's an interesting guy with a big curiosity. And when we heard a couple years ago, uh, when he heard a couple years ago that we were going to meet uh, famed author Whitley Strieber for dinner at the spiritualist community of Casadega, Florida, which is about half an hour or so from Orlando, uh, he asked if he could tag along. So we uh, we told John this story. Uh, we told the story to John as we realized that we knew uh, who Freaky Attractions was. And interestingly, all this was happening in a Skype conversation just minutes before we were about to start an interview with another show. And who were we, we interviewing? Whitley, Whitley Streber. Streber. Wow, that's <laughs> but, crazy. Yeah, so now it's time for Tony Coles. <laughs> Freaky Attractions. AKA Freaky Attractions. Hi, Tony. Okay, Tony, when you and Megan met, uh, it was through Craigslist, right? Because she was correct. looking. Yeah, she was looking mm -hmm. for a roommate. And had you just returned from L.A.? Um, I, I had been back for about close to a year. I was just kind of saving up some money and living at my parents' house. Uh -huh. But, yeah, I was kind of looking around. And, and Orlando, it's definitely not a, a place that's very easy to find um, housing <laughs> <No>. <laughs> inexpensively. So, yeah, I realized that I needed to get a roommate. So that's, that's what Now, happened. tell us what you were doing in L.A., uh, when I was out in LA, I was um, work. I worked at a couple pre-production companies, and so I was doing like screenplay development type stuff. Mm -hmm. I was pretty much the guy that would get the screenplays in from people. I would read them, do coverage on them, and then submit them to to one of the producers if I thought they were good. But if I thought they weren't good, I just kind of didn't say anything about it. That I was supposed to not tell them about it. So if so, pretty much something had to be really really good for me to tell anyone because it was kind of your ass was on the line if, if you mm -hmm. actually told them about it <laughs> and it wasn't any good <laughs> yeah, yeah if, if they didn't love it and you told them about it you're probably fine <laughs> yeah, right. okay. so when did you start writing these uh, creepy pasta stories um i've been doing it for about a year and a half now mm -hmm. what uh what prompted you to start so um what what I've been doing to, I guess, uh, survive is uh, web development stuff. So w while I was um, doing websites and coding kind of thing, I would be listening to YouTube videos and just like random like top five creepy YouTube videos type things. And um, I <clears throat> started coming across all these creepy pasta stories. So, I mean, it's and then I kind of, you know, went down the rabbit hole at that point and, and explored and, and realized that it's um there's like a whole community on Reddit for creepypastas. <clears throat> So there's this thing called the the No Sleep Forum, and it's <laughs> it's uh it's got like 13 million people involved wow. in it. Yeah, and um, it's all these just stories that are submitted from people that are su supposed to seem like they actually happened. Mm -hmm. So um, and and that's the whole idea. I mean, I guess you know if they if they heard me saying that, they'd be probably mad. But you're you're not supposed <laughs> to say anything about it it being fake. It's right, everyone's it's like submitting you're, like you're first person. Yeah. Right. And I love your timeliness on uh, one of your recent ones, uh, being quarantined in a Chuck E. Cheese. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> that would practice up. <laughs> that's a yeah. little twist of irony there. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
And that's kind of another thing with them too. They're all, um, a lot of them have a lot of influence from kind of like nineties culture and stuff. Uh-huh. Like, like there's one that's, that's about like a lost, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants episode that that's first <laughs> so, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So going a little further back in time, have you ever watched Twilight Zone and know who Rod Sterling is? Oh yeah, I, I love him. I'm obsessed. Okay. Because yeah. you have a nice voice. I mean, oh, you have a great your, voice. your voice is a good part of what's, what really makes these stories interesting. And I, it reminds me of it, Rod Sterling. Thank well, you explain, so much. Yeah. Explain how you work. I mean, do you write out the story first or what? Yeah. Um, so pretty much on like. Uh, it's usually Sunday. I'll just kind of sit down and start putting ideas together. I, I also have like a like a notepad thing on my phone that's just got about a hundred different <laughs> ideas that I usually don't even use. I like uh-huh. I'll come up with something that week, but but I have a lot of like stuff in the backlog. But then I'll I'll start writing. Um, usually takes me a day or two, depending on how bad of writer's block I get, you know. But <laughs> is it usually a day or two to to do it? And they're about three to four pages <laughs> each mm-hmm. time. And so then, um, they run what, like maybe fifteen minutes, because yeah. some are shorter. Some, yeah. Yeah. So, like, well, I've just realized that you you really should do for the algorithm a minimum of ten minute videos. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I started to try to get them at least ten minutes long. Yeah. What? How do you choose the the visual? <clears throat> like for the um, Disney one, where where did you get all that? Well, the yeah. So the the Disney ones. Um, it's funny because the yeah, the Disney thing. It was it was kind of a a random suggestion for my sister to do like a, a Disney ride. She was like, Oh, you should just like make up, you make a story about a Disney ride. So I'm like, Oh, that's cool. And I looked online and saw that on YouTube. I mean, there's pretty much footage for like every single, you know, Disney ride. There's like Hmm. 50 different videos shot from random people. And some of them are like years old. And so uh, I I noticed that the ones that are kind of like, look very, uh, like a VHS tape kind of thing. They've got all that, you know, the grain and stuff. Uh-huh. Those ones are actually kind of creepier. So I would reach out to those accounts because like they didn't care if I, if I, <laughs> you know, if I posted their video. So I'd ask them, can I put your video, you know, with one of my stories and I'd uh, get permission that way. Oh, cool. Now, how do you advertise your freaky attractions? <clears throat> uh, it's pretty, it's like almost all organic. Uh-huh. Uh, like a lot, a lot of it's just, you know, using because like the creepy pasta keyword on on YouTube, it it gets a lot of attention regardless. Like if you mm. post something that has creepy pasta in the title, it's gonna kind of have the organic reach. But yeah. um, on on Reddit, that like there's about seven sites I post them on like every single time I do it. So I'll basically do the video, post it on the the creepy pasta subreddit. That's like a part of Reddit, mm. and then I actually get all the text out and then the, have the written story and post that on what's called the no sleep form. So that drives some traffic oh, too. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So, so, the... so it's an advantage for you having, you know, working in the IT field as well. So you have, uh, you know, knowledge and uh, insight into uh, getting things out there. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely helped like unintentionally. I've been like, okay, yeah, some, some of the stuff did help out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so how long has Creepypasta been around? Um, so I was, yeah, I was like, I was just looking at that. And I think the first one was in like the mid nineties. It was this one called Ted the Caver. Mm. And it was, um, basically this guy's, um, exploration into an uncharted cave system. And, um, he, yeah. So basically about the mid nineties, he was, uh, but back then I think nobody actually knew it was fake. (laughs) 
I think they <laughs> that was like stuck in a cave. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> you know, all this. Well, the first out. one I listened of yours was the one that you know take uh, like a, a trip. To, it was like your trip to China, you know. And I was going along with it pretty well, thinking, <laughs> well, this probably really happened. Uh, but, uh, but then all all your friends started dying, you know. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> And then, then you didn't know who they. Nobody knew who they were. <laughs> we topped it off. That was great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no. A lot of the comments. It's funny. They're they're like, man, you have a rough life. <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. 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 One comment says, "How come the love interest always dies?" <laughs> yeah. No, I know. That's. It's a weird pattern that I guess I I just started noticing, but <laughs> like it's kind of yeah. weird. <laughs> so how many of these? Um, uh, Disney ones have you done? Um, I th I think probably about twenty of the Disney ones. Wow! Oh. Oh. Disney are, should hire you. Are they are they related <laughs> well, at all with the characters? Uh, yeah, well, um, so the way I kind of see it is that the the different there's the different stories, but they could potentially exist in the same realm. I, I really love how Stephen King does that. He's got uh -huh. the whole the dairy thing where it's, they're not necessarily mentioned in each other's stories, but, uh, you sometimes know, they, they are <laughs> some, some exactly. Sometimes they are. And I think that's cool to have them maybe all be able to exist in the same universe. So when, uh, John, when you mentioned that he serializes, is that, is that what you meant, Tony? I mean, um, so yeah, I mean, so the, there's the one that's about Toontown, uh -huh. which was, uh, it was a thing at Magic Kingdom. It was a little area of the of Magic Kingdom that was, it was like a place where Mickey and Minnie lived, like a little cartoon village. Right. And so that one, it, I basically look at the ones that get traction. And if, if it got a lot of traction, I'll do like a, uh, a sequel to it. Mm -hmm. So that one, uh, some, something about it, I'm not, I'm not sure what it was, but, but people really liked uh, that first one I posted. So I, I've continued to make sequels to it. So that one's got about seven sequels to it now. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, something like that. Now, does M Mari help mm -hmm. you with these? Does she is she your proofreader? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, she actually does. Um, Tony's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. She. It's actually funny. We we were at right before the the COVID thing um, became really serious. We were actually at the park, and um, that was I did the Jungle Cruise one, uh -huh. and uh, basically. We were we were just kind of talking it out, and I was like, "Oh, you know, this would be a cool idea, but I don't really know where to go, you know, after that." And she she kind of came in and suggested some directions for the story too. So she kind of in in some way, you know, co-wrote the story that uh. one. And um and yeah, she, like every time I finish one, I you know always give it to her. To, I'm like, "All right, it's time to read." You know. Yeah. Now some of these creepypasta characters kind of take off on their own don't they that are more than one uh, writer using like the slim man can you or yeah slender man yeah slender man yeah. Uh, yeah he's got i mean that that character's had so many sp different spin-offs and i mean i think that's the kind of cool thing about it is it's a lot of different creative people sharing these uh -huh. you know, cool aspects but yeah so Slenderman, nobody's I mean, nobody's claiming to be the owner of slender man well they're yeah, there there are people that claim to to have created Slenderman. Um, that one, I think, yeah, I think it's proven. But some of them, it's like you can't even really prove who created the first one, which uh -huh. is yeah. kind of sad sometimes. Yeah. What have you heard of Hatman? What is it? Hatman. 
No, I, I haven't heard of it. Yeah, the, oh, this because this is kind of outside of that genre. This is more in the paranormal field where people who have uh, had these dreams of this uh, guy wearing a cloak <laughs> and a hat appearing to them next to their bed, and it's a mm. And it's like hundreds, thousands of people uh, writing about uh, these uh, scary stories uh, about Batman, Hat Man, and uh, you know their experiences. And so somebody uh, wrote a book called The Hat Man, which we're trying to get the author to come on the show to talk about Hat Man. Oh wow! <clears throat> yeah. yeah, that that's pretty creepy. I would check. I would definitely check that out. <laughs> yeah, look, look up Hat Man. <laughs> And also this man. That, so you got to write this man. This is another creepy thing where this uh, <clears throat> a psychiatrist had a client come on, and he happened to have a picture, uh, a, a drawing of this kind of unusual-looking face on his desk that one of his earlier clients had uh, given him, talking about his nightmares about this person. And so the new client comes in and says, I know that guy. He's in my dreams. And then uh, start putting this face up on the Internet. And other people said, yeah, you know, I don't know whether they're making up or not, but there's more and more people have uh, claimed that this man is is in their dreams. So that's that's another one. So this is kind of semi creepy pasta stuff. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I could see that inspiring a good one. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you think this creepy pasta meme is it? unique to American culture? Yeah, that's, um, you know what? No, it's not. Cause I've seen, there's definitely a lot of ones from his, Hispanic countries. Okay. Um, it sounds kind of Italian actually. <laughs> oh, I, I could see that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, um, the, so creepy pasta, I don't know if, if you guys know this, but so the reason they call it creepy pasta is they were, there was a thing called copy pasta in the early, I guess, age of the internet where you, where we people would copy and paste i guess it was different facts and things like that uh -huh. but so then they then they started doing things where they would copy and paste in different forums creepy stories so that's why they called it creepy pasta like oh okay creepy uh, oh. Paste. yeah i was kind of wondering about that <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, a lot of people ask me that. They're like, "What? What is creepy pasta? Like, is it like <laughs> have to do with spaghetti or like, like no?" Yeah, right. It sounds like, <laughs> yeah, bad spaghetti. <laughs> so, I mean, but do they do the like the Hispanic creepy pastas? They come on Reddit also. Um, yeah, I guess they don't because I haven't really seen anything like that. I mean, it's usually all in English. But on YouTube, I've definitely like typed in creepypasta and seen ones that are completely in Spanish. Uh -huh. yeah. So I noticed that uh, there are some ads on YouTube. Now, are those YouTube ads or are those ads, are you getting some benefit from those ads? Yeah, I, all my videos are monetized at this point, which is nice. Oh, nice. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, so pretty much uh, the, yeah, YouTube, I guess they... Um, pair, you know, different advertisers with certain videos that would, I guess, be preferable to them. And so once once you're on YouTube and you have a thousand subscribers, and I think it's a hundred thousand hours of watch time. I don't remember exactly the number, but um, yeah, you, you're able to monetize your channel, and you actually, yeah, you get kickback from from the ads huh. on your videos. Well, get busy. You don't you don't you don't need a company. You got your own thing here. Right? <laughs> exactly. No, I. I'd, yeah, it's it's not 
it's not a lot unless you get a ton of video, a ton of views. Uh, I mean, it's becoming more and more for me, but I, I think for me, like to do this full time, I'd have to, um, be posting probably like every day or at least mm-hmm. three times a day, three times a week. So, so you're just doing it weekly right now. Just weekly. I'm definitely, I'm trying to kick it up to twice a week. So we'll see. Now, now Tony, when you write out these things, do you use final draft? I don't like a script. Uh, okay. I was curious. I, yeah. I, I use, um, I just use Microsoft word. I had a final draft, uh, subscription, but it, I, I didn't pay for it. So <laughs> <laughs> well. John, you got any questions? <laughs> Oh yeah, I can I can jump in. So because okay. and, yeah. we, and we talked about Slenderman and some some other uh, uh, famous creepy pastas. But uh, Tony, do you have any favorites, or was there was there a particular one that really jump started or inspired you to start <laughs> writing your own? Or um, <clears throat> yeah, I think I I really like this one called Smile Dog. <laughs> it's a, it's like this creepy picture of a of like a dog it's like a german shepherd's face but it's got this like weird row of teeth and it's like (laughs) (laughs) it's like like human teeth like um oh my god (laughs) it's really hard to explain but it's it's really creepy um and apparently the the image is cursed and and stuff like that like if you see if you see it you know bad things happen kind of thing but yeah i think that's probably that's like the first one i really got into and enjoyed but there uh, there's a there's a ton of good ones Tony, have you ever considered uh, extending any of your stories like into a full script or a short story or a novel? I Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely considering doing an, a novel of the short stories, like possibly the, the Disney ones. I've been yeah. thinking about maybe self... A self collection, pub- yeah. A yeah, collection a collection for, and like yeah. uh, self, self-publishing on Amazon or something. Right. Yeah. That'd, that'd be, be great. Cool. Yeah, they might take off, you know. Uh, Get creepy cool. in the title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah. And can I I'll throw one throw another one out. So yeah. like so who are your major creative influences? Uh, like who you mentioned Stephen King. Anybody? Well, we oh yeah. So um well I'm I I sort of came up in like being obsessed with like films. Like I was, that was originally going to be my career path. And so like, like you mentioned David Lynch earlier, I I actually do really like David Lynch. So I was like, Oh, that's a really cool comment. Um, so people like that, David Cronenberg as well. I Mm -hmm. I think his stuff is, is, it's really creative. And I love that, like the, the way that he presents his stories and from a horror aspect too. Yeah. Who's Orson Chaplin? Oh, that's that's uh, one of my lifelong friends. He's uh, he's an actor in Hollywood now. Um, he's he's been in American Horror Story um, on CSI, some stuff like that. He's a working actor, but we basically grew up together, and um, we sort of grew up watching monster movies, things like. Um, <clears throat> there was this show called uh, Monster Vision. Did you guys ever watch that? No, I never heard no. of that. Oh, okay. It was it was on TNT, and like people, I guess in you know, my generation, they were really into that show. For some reason it was, a, it had a big cult following. Mm. There was this guy, uh, Joe Bob Briggs that he hosted it and stuff. But yeah, it's, it's, um, we watched that show all the time and had all, all the old, you know, Friday the 13th movies were beyond there. Oh, it was all, right. all kinds of yeah. nightmare on Elm street. And it was like mm. a guy, he was like a cowboy that would watch the, watch the movie and be <laughs> drinking beer and stuff uh-huh. and like talking about them. It, it was funny. Yeah. But yeah. That, so 
Orson Chaplin, is he the grandson of Charlie Chaplin? He is, yeah. Yeah, that's huh. cool. Yeah, and the uh, son of producer Ilya Salkind, mm-hmm. uh, Superman producer. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, he um, family. Yeah, he he grew up in Orlando too. So because his dad oh. came to Orlando to produce the there was like the Superboy series back in the, I guess it was the early '90s, late '80s. Mm-hmm. And he was producing that, and um, you know, they shot it in downtown Orlando and stuff wow. like that. Oh, I didn't know yeah. this. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool to go to go back and watch some of the episodes. Who but, carries but, it? Uh, you know, Netflix. I, I don't think Netflix it's on, carries everything. So you would think. I don't know if it's streaming. I'm I'm sure it's on Amazon. Like it's probably mm-hmm. available on there, but it's yeah. it's uh, yeah. I don't know if it's on any of the big streaming platforms, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like yeah, his name. I like cool. his name, Orson uh, Chaplin's like a combination of Orson, Orson Welles, Welles and, and Charlie, Charlie Chaplin. Chaplin. Right? Yeah. He <laughs> he always he always said that that I guess his parents <laughs> named him after Orson Welles. Right. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, where are you going to go from here? You're going to take. You were talking about maybe doing a novel, a collection of short stories. Well, the the next step, actually, something I've been working. I'm maybe even going to be doing this next week or the week after uh, I found an animator that he's willing to actually like animate over the top of the stories. So then it's going to, it could be like a, it's own little show. So it would, it's basically the same thing that I'm doing now, but it's, you know, it's got its own little animation to go with it. Like to actually tell the story. Wow. That's pretty, how can he, I mean, how's that work? (laughs) Well, it's, it's a very kind of, um, you'd call it like a lo-fi animation it's it's uh, almost like an animatic like have you ever seen those where it's it, it's not like all that much movement but there will be like a head turn and then it'll cut to mm-hmm. you know someone like steps into a, a room and then a door <laughs> closes it's not oh, a complete right. cartoon but uh-huh. it's um it's something that can be produced pretty quickly and you know not for too much money so yeah that if i get one of those done that that would be really cool because i know those get a lot of views um, like creepy pastas and scary stories that are told with animations are really big mm-hmm. right now. What? How many views are you getting uh, on an average? A lot. He's got. Uh, yeah, it, it depends. It's um the Disney ones definitely get a lot. I mean, <clears throat> most of those have at least ten thousand views, and the, the the biggest one has like five hundred and fifty thousand views. Wow. Um, but it yeah, it all depends. And then um some of my original ones only get like a thousand, but it's just. It's because they don't have the the keyword like Disney or something like that, right? Right. Yeah. And, and people just don't know what it is. Yeah. So those get a little less, but so, something like that. So uh, what other locations would you use? Uh, well, yeah. So I was trying to incorporate some other like attractions type places. So that's why uh-huh. the Chuck E. Cheese thing. Yeah, yeah, that right. was it was kind of creepy. <laughs> kind of yeah. uh, Anybody but, who's had a little kid and been yeah, knows Chuck about e. Chuck E. Cheese, <laughs> uh, you know, and it is kind of a nightmare in there for, <laughs> at least it was for me. <laughs> and the animatronics and stuff, they, I mean, <laughs> it's weird that they were never seen it. They weren't supposed to be creepy because they are. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. What other, what other places could you use? I mean, Orlando's got its own, have you ever done a SeaWorld one? No, haven't I didn't really want to touch the SeaWorld thing. <laughs> kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's just, that's that's very yeah. real life. It's, it's a, a little the, yeah, a the little, little too much controversy there. I don't know if yeah. I even want to touch yeah. SeaWorld like a ten. Yeah, right. You could uh get some uh 
negative feedback on. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> and not a, even not because of a, of the story, just because they hate SeaWorld so much. So yeah. Yeah. I might not of, do that, but to a I lot of people, be, to a lot of people, uh, SeaWorld's a, a horror story into itself. So yeah. absolutely, yeah. 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 It, that's, right. that's too too much real life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I did do a Universal one. Um, I, I'm going to try to maybe tie tie in some Halloween Horror Night stuff with it. Oh, that's good. Um, and then there's some older places that have shut down, which I, I like that just as much, like a thing that's of the past, you know. Yeah. Well, and and you know that that's something interesting I was thinking about was that uh, there's definitely a a genre of YouTube videos uh, uh, and a, a channel in particular which I'm not going to be able to think of the name of. It. <laughs> my, well, Defunct Land, Defunct Land, I think. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I watch yep, them all yep, the time. Yep, yep. yep. So, what is it, Defunct? <clears throat> Defunct land, which which is basically why these you know, they uh, get footage of the uh, uh, theme park after it has been shut down, and then tell the story of how oh, it okay. came to shut down. Yeah. But but yeah, it's these abandoned theme parks, you know, and stuff. So yeah, yeah. perfect. I do perfect a lot setting. of research on that channel. <laughs> yeah, there you I, go. I think, yeah. a, I think another type of theme park that would be interesting for one of your stories or a series of your stories are the big cat ones. Have, have you watched uh, Tiger King at all? <laughs> Oh yes. my God! <laughs> so I I it, wanted to do something related to Tiger King as well. <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah. Well, have you Have you seen the documentary? Yeah. 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 We 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 just I uh, think we watched on uh, the fifth one last uh, yeah, night. I, weird... we, we can't really handle more than one <laughs> at a time. Yeah, it's <laughs> a little much. So, yeah, they are so strange. <laughs> no, but now, uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, and I'm, I was saying, have you guys seen all the, um, like the memes and everything coming from Tiger King? It's unbelievable. No, it's, what? it's a cultural phenomenon. Like, like everything that I see, uh, you know, re reactions to, to posts on Facebook and things like that. It's, they're all kinds of Tiger King related ones. I mean, I've yeah. never seen this for a show before. Yeah. Well, like the amount of, well, and, and it, it, it kicked in at just the, per I mean, they released it at just the perfect time because, right. uh, everybody's at home and there is something very warped about the whole and 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 yeah. the thing is yeah. the show is not really about uh domestic you know keeping uh wildlife in a domestic setting it it uh it's really about the people that would ever do this and how warped they yes. are. So, yeah. And the, and the one and, and the woman who's you know trying to bask in, she, she seems to me just as bad as the, the rest of them. She's a female you know? counterpart. Oh my god, yeah. She, she does. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. And and what gets me is when I, I see it's season one, uh, you know, episode so and so. I think, God, is this going to be more than one season? <laughs> is he going to be in j in prison doing it? Yeah, right. <laughs> in yeah. jail or whatever. Yeah. And did they ever find out if she killed her husband? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, they don't they don't know yet. But uh, I'm I'm sure they're going to look into it because it's being talked about so much yeah. now. Yeah, right. It really is. I mean, no. Uh... <laughs> well, did you guys ever watch Making a Murderer? No. No. Uh -uh. Oh, okay. That was um. I mean, it was a true crime documentary a few years ago, and it's crazy because it it got it. I got so many people involved that actually they started finding things involved in the case because viewers were watching the footage and they'd be like, oh, you know, that lady in the in the image is holding a keychain, and that's part of, <laughs> that's a clue, and they actually un uncovered some some clues and stuff because of the show. It was wow. interesting. Yeah. Uh, one time, Megan took us to a restaurant bar, 
in downtown Orlando that is really old, and there's a ghost story surrounding it. It's on Church oh, Street. Wow. Is it on Church Street? Yeah. That would be a good site for your, for a, a freaky attractions. Yeah. Yeah. She used to do her paint night uh, there in the back. Room, and it has a second uh, story where the prostitutes uh, had their uh, rooms up there. And when they got tired of the prostitutes, they apparently threw them over the balcony. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, uh, this is uh, one of the, when we were in there taking Megan's class, uh, there was a woman sitting across from us who started telling us about the history of this bar and of the <laughs> prostitutes and killing them and that, that it's haunted uh, with, with these uh, prostitutes. I uh, should ask Megan about that. She she, yeah, uh, she, she would definitely tell you what the name of the place yeah, is. Yeah, I will. You can probably look it up on the internet too. I'm sure there's stories about it. That'd be that'd be perfect for a freaky attraction. <laughs> it's yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing with Orlando. I mean, um, I think because they, they do have the theme parks, but then there is a lot of history to it too. Yeah. yeah. Also, Tony, you could go to Casadega and probably <laughs> find some yeah. freaky attractions. Like that cemetery there. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a whole story about the cemetery there, about the devil's chair. Uh, oh, you, you know yeah, what's you great? Go, I go have ahead. a creepy story about the devil's chair. Okay. So I, I went there in um, high school with some friends. We went looking for the devil's chair. Oh, and okay. um, we At were. Night? <laughs> no, it, well, it was uh, like late afternoon or something, but we're, <laughs> we're searching around and like we got to the, I guess, the turn in. And some yeah. car just like barrels out past us and almost just literally almost clobbers us. And then we're like, crap, maybe we shouldn't do this. <laughs> we just turned <laughs> yeah, <out. right>. yeah. <laughs> we're like, Probably a bad idea. But that place has a lot of history. Yeah, I wrote a short story about <clears throat> the devil's uh, chair that appeared in uh, uh, Outliers, a collection of uh, our short stories, mostly Tricia's short stories. But <laughs> I had That's a cool. novella in it. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, how did you like going uh, meeting uh, Whitley Strieber, by the way? Oh, it was fascinating. Definitely. Yeah, he yeah. is uh, quite a person. You know, uh, he's got a whole history and this 30, 40 years experiences. And uh, uh, it was great having him on the show, too. Oh, yeah. And I think just the setting there, it was. Um, yeah. It was and, definitely, the, and the pictures yeah. we took had all of these orbs all over us because they were really? they were like Christmas lights or something. But the pictures, you see all of these lights on Whitley and now you and, <laughs> and what is this? <laughs> and you, Trish, do you remember what happened with the lady that came up to you? Yeah, what did happen? She, there was a lady that said she she just walks into our conversation. With the, uh, we were just kind of sitting around the table, and she said she needed um some she needed like a psychic or something. But I don't remember what the I, word. I vaguely recall was. that. I, I don't know what happened with that. Well, that was the place to find it. Yeah, that's right? a, <laughs> it was like in the middle of the night, and she just comes up and she's like, "I need a a psychic or something." And he <laughs> went and helped her out, and she was. She was hysterical. It was it was wild. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I don't know where I was. Yeah, that, that was so strange. <laughs> was so but see, that's the kind of stuff that happens there, Tony. That's why it's perfect for a freaky attraction episode. <laughs> yeah, that hotel, oh, yeah. that hotel itself. I mean, we had uh, 
Trish and I had an experience there with a, a ghost experience many years ago where we were, uh, Megan was actually with us and she was a baby. And <laughs> so uh, it was uh, biker week. So there were, the place was empty, you know, because biker week would you know, attract you know, all the tourists. And so there, you know, the streets were empty and it was cold. It was like, uh, I think a February uh, weekday or weekend. And uh, so we were the only ones in that hotel. Uh, there was, uh, uh, we were, got a room on the second floor on the end and uh, a suite actually. And Megan was sleeping and Trish and I were reading as about one thirty in the morning and we, we stayed up late and, uh, we, we heard this clomping coming down the hall, really heavy clomping, like, you know, somebody like were, work boots. uh, yeah, coming wow. closer and closer to us. And, you know, Trish and I are, you know, interested in this stuff and we're, we're not really afraid of ghosts, but whatever this was, we were afraid of it. I mean, we were, you know, Trish looked at me and we pushed the dresser in front of the door, you know. I mean, it was just this feeling of dread that was coming from whatever this thing was that stuck right in front of our door. And, uh, you know, it... Uh, Meg, Trish ran and picked up Megan, you know, and uh, we don't know. Uh, but the last thing I wanted to do, though, was open that door and see what was out there. <laughs> <laughs> That'd yeah. be a perfect spot for you and Mary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stuff. Oh, it, I remember it, uh, the second floor because you guys walked me up there. And um, right. I remember that there was all the mirrors everywhere. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it was like straight out of a horror movie. It was, yeah. <laughs> It really is. Yeah. Well, John, you have more questions for Mr. Freaky Attractions? <laughs> no, um, I, I think we're good, but uh, uh, Tony, if you want to just throw out the YouTube channel, any contact information or uh, social media, whatever you got, that would be just so people know how to follow you and keep up with what you're doing. Awesome. Yeah, so for now, just, um, you know, type in Freaky Attractions in YouTube and you can follow me that way. Um, right now, I'm kind of working on getting a little bit better of a website going to, to go along with it. But for now, um, yeah, it's it's like the the hub is is the YouTube channel. So if you're looking for anything like creepy Disney related or <laughs> something like that, uh, yeah, definitely check me out. So you just put those words into Google, and uh, you should be able to find. Oh it yeah. yeah, yeah. If you type "freaky attractions," it's actually I'm curious. I think it just comes up with the with the youtube channel yeah yeah, I think yeah it does right. too. yeah that's yes. easy to find your stuff there that's great well tony thank you this you, has been so much fun yeah. it was such a weird synchronicity and <laughs> yeah that was very strange no no did you know tony that uh we didn't realize who you were no, I you think. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, thought, I, was, I was. I think I was the disconnect. I was running <laughs> interference. So yeah, you because you. You were doing most of the. I mean, we got a couple. Uh, I think you answered a couple of yeah. uh, uh, emails. But after John. Yeah, but John had already been doing it, and of course, he had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was pretty interesting. We were t er, talking earlier before you came on, Tony, about we were really uh, glad that happened a week ago that we solved this rather than right during the show and we realized <laughs> we knew who you we were. <laughs> That would have been yeah. interesting, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was kind of torn which way I wished it had gone because uh, maybe that would have, that would have been uh, yeah, synchronicity on air. On air. <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks so much, guys. This was awesome. And we'll send you the link and all that. Perfect. 
Okay. Now get back there and start creating. Yeah, keep keep, keep (laughs) it up. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for joining the Mystical Underground. Listen to the podcast at www.themysticalunderground.com. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Follow Trish and Rob on Instagram at Trish and Rob McGregor. Follow the podcast on Twitter at The Mystic Cast. Visit the blog site, blog.synchrosecrets.com. Visit the book site, phenomena111.com. Send us email, podcast at themysticalunderground.com. And until next week... Thank you for listening. Stay home. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And stay mystical. Enjoy and, and absolutely enjoy you. Enjoy, enjoy my your, quarantine. Yes, enjoy. Well, and luckily I can watch some freaky attractions while, while I'm quarantined. There you go. Yep. Quarantine. <laughs>